0: hey rotoviz radio listener this is curtis patrick from the dynasty command center podcast and i've got a special deal for you today go to rotoviz.com click the subscribe button put the 12 month subscription in your cart and use promo code rv radio 2021 that's rv radio 2021 and you're going to save 10 percent taking advantage of this deal getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year so go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one Adams touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name's Colum Kelly. As always you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined by one of the co-owners of Road of His. It is Sean Siegel. Sean, today on the show we are going to be talking about backfield dominator Written, We're going to be looking a little bit at a recent piece by Blair Andrews and uh, as well as i like to do at the start of every show i like to have a plug to the last show so if you haven't listened in to tuesday's podcast yet head on over check that out after this one we talk a lot about movement in drafts how to make those trades and we talk about how sean and sam have ended up with 13 picks through nine rounds and one of their recent startup drafts so a uh, really good conversation there but sean so we get ready um, another week into the NFL offseason, another step closer to the NFL season, and with that, a, a step closer to the NFL draft. And I am joking about being closer to the NFL season, but the way time flies, it's not going to be long till until uh, <laughs> we're back to that point again, I'm sure.
1: Right. And as we get these pro day results coming in all the time, that enthusiasm and excitement for the NFL draft builds and builds and builds. And we'll talk about some guys today today whom we're excited about what they've done on the field. We're interested to see how fast, how big they time and measure as we get the final Pro Day results in. And then we'll have a lot of information about Freak scores and running back prospect lab, wide receiver prospect lab rankings and results as we go into the NFL draft here shortly. Today, we're going to be talking about Blair Andrews' metric, the backfield dominator rating, where... He looks at the way that running backs dominate their backfield in terms of rushing production, both in yards and touchdowns, receiving production in terms of yards and touchdowns, and really what that means to evaluators or what it should mean to evaluators as they're looking for these next under-the-radar stars. Now, a couple of the guys that this metric has absolutely loved that we have promoted just relentlessly on the site, on the show, and if you had them, they would have allow you to win very quickly in some cases win over time in others and talking about philip Lindsay, who had those excellent back-to-back 1000 yard seasons to start his career a great sleeper for the denver broncos uh, things haven't gone quite as well since in part because it seems like the broncos don't know what they're doing he now has moved on but the other big name here is aaron jones who was a little bit slower to emerge but column now he was re-signed in free agency he is a superstar for your green bay packers and if you were on aaron jones early then you've gotten a massive profit in dynasty
0: yeah you definitely have and i did dig I, I know there's lots of people who probably cashed out or moved on a little bit too early in that process and when we remember back to that draft um him and jamal williams were paired pretty close in terms of how they were going off the board and those rookie uh, drafts at the time i think the big winner sean that uh, we would have talked about here in recent times is philip lindsay i think you know you you were talking with Philip Lindsay quite a lot the offseason as a rookie. Um, a lot of that based as well with um the the, the- backfield dominator and um it just uh it worked swimmingly in that in that opening season obviously he was coming in as well um, with another rookie with a lot of uh, hype around an earlier draft pick and uh, lindsay coming in pretty unheralded um in terms of draft capital and uh, made, made it all work to his favor so um it, it is it is interesting seeing how how the guys break down how we can identify some of those opportunities um basically by looking through the the backfield production and the share that the that running back had on that offense so uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting here to break it down looking into this season Uh, Sean any you know if we're looking at it here we have some players obviously with sample size of say seven games six games and others with 14 games 12 games for example is there any for the listeners any reason to put sample size above uh, actual overall dominator written?
1: we know that we have less to worry about the numbers that come out of very large samples. And one of the things that we want to do here is is not just look at this last season, and Blair has mentioned a couple of the guys in that regard, but it also does allow us to compare sort of apples to oranges to an extent because we can see how much of a backfield a running back actually represented, whether he played seven games or 13 games, that type of thing. And the interesting name that jumps out here at the top is JVN Hawkins for Louisville. He popped in a couple of Dave Caban's analyses. He shows up here with the top backfield dominator of 0. 0.88, so an 88% dominator rating. To put this in a little bit of context, Blair has broken it down for us, a backfield dominator ratings above 70% and everybody else, and those guys beat draft position at every level, throughout the draft very consistently through there and so again if we're looking at draft position as our anchor we know that that's going to determine to a very large extent the opportunity that that player has and what the team thought of him to decide to make the pick in that range but then we're trying to beat that draft slot we can look at some of these other elements and so to see someone like Hawkins who in a lot of ways has a very Naheem Hines-ish profile now not necessarily the receiving star that heinz is and we know that for a smaller faster player that that receiving element is so crucial but when we're looking at small fast guys who can outperform at the nfl level i think hawkins is very very interesting there the number two name is someone who blair and i have been loading up in best ball leagues In i think that he's a very clear target for everyone in rookie drafts and in startup drafts because he is so inexpensive it'll be interesting to see where he goes in the NFL draft because the early rumors are pretty discouraging but that would be Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State he comes in just behind at a 0.85 and Jefferson one of those guys who came in as a freshman put up absolutely monster numbers has continued to be impressive all the way through and yet is expected to go Fairly late in the reality draft, despite having some size on his side as well. So we're looking at sleepers, those are the first two names that really jump up. After that, we get a couple of the main names here. We have Najee Harris at .83. We know that he is going to be either I think the first or second back off the board. There's probably a scenario in which Javante Williams goes number two and Harris somehow falls to number three, but. To look at Harris's numbers, to see that 1,466 rushing yards, to see the 43 receptions and 425 receiving yards. Even though Harris came back, he's a four year player, he's playing in this Alabama juggernaut. It's encouraging to see him have this 83% dominator. And as Blair points out, this is pretty rare for an Alabama back, right? It's the highest for any Alabama back in the data set that he has his 2019 backfield dominator so a season ago was the second highest so back-to-back seasons being very dominating he's the only Alabama back to even get to the 65 percent level Derek Henry Mark Ingram Josh Jacobs Kenyon Drake all of those guys well below that and to one extent or another we know that all four of those backs have been very effective as fantasy stars I think that this gives us even more of a feel for the high floor that Harris has now we've talked about his breakaway rush score being very poor the fact that despite his size speed package he's actually not great at breaking the types of highlight runs that give us a sense of what a player might be able to do against NFL defenders even with that being the case i think you've got to be very excited about what you're getting from a floor perspective with Harris you look at him we've mentioned trent richardson in relation to him in the past Trent Richardson was a fantastic prospect, so the chances that his career would actually go the way that it did were pretty low. But even if you got Trent Richardson for a couple of years, you'd be very happy as a dynasty owner because before he collapsed, Richardson put up some pretty good numbers.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny when you're mentioning Trent Richardson is almost a forgotten man now at this point. But uh, those opening uh, kind of two two seasons, there was a lot of numbers. There was a lot of value to uh, to having him. Uh, you know as an asset uh, in dynasty but it, it did drop off very very quickly um you know when he when he moved over to the colts and shortly before that time i guess people had started to pick it up with his inefficiencies with the browns and um, sean the other thing just to mention you've mentioned there are a couple of sleepers you mentioned a couple of the big names uh, just for the listeners in terms of rushing versus receiving you mentioned uh, you know some of the numbers there um just a moment ago for naji harris in terms of getting some of that receiving work in there which is a positive sign but how uh is is there a split between the the you know we're looking at p p r leagues and the advantage to having that it doesn't affect um the backfield dominant written as much as as maybe the listeners would expect
1: well one of the things that Blair has done here is has broken it down for you and allow you to visualize where the production comes from so if you want a run heavy back you can get that if you want to receive heavy back you can get that one of the players we weren't able to see a lot of this past year was Kylan Hill his production coming very much out of the receiving game on the other end of that you have Jarrett Patterson who put up these massive numbers but actually was very number one rush oriented and then number two didn't have as much of the Buffalo backfield as you might have guessed so when you combine that with his size he's someone that we've been drafting a lot in the 28th round of FFPC best ball leagues because that big production and as we know production translates into the NFL better than a lot of these other nebulous uh, character traits or athletic attributes that are claimed to be a part of the prospect's profile at the same time we want to be aware of the fact that patterson is rush oriented he's small and he didn't represent as much of that backfield as people might think and so those are red flags to balance some of that out one of the other things that can come up here is how do we balance the overall career versus the final season hubbard someone who is falling very deep in drafts now he and jefferson i think are your two sort of potential value picks if you're hoping for big time production as opposed to you know just someone who's going to give you a little bit of uh, zero running back desperation production down the line he actually came in ahead of travis Etienne in this metric for this season but if we go back to his 2019 season he would have been an 86 percent dominator rating which would have come in as number two in the class and so we want to be aware of some of the things that these guys have done especially some of the things that they've done a little bit younger and keep that in mind not necessarily elevate the one-year wonders or the old producers guys who are In their fourth year, you know, maybe 22, 23 years old, putting up big numbers. The fact that Hubbard is an excellent athlete, decent size, and did some of these things at a younger age, we want to make sure we give him credit for that and realize that even with how bad his final season was, his overall profile is better than where he's being drafted in Fantasy League. So he's someone else that you might look at a little bit there. If you're looking for a value, if you're not in position to land one of the big three obviously if you can get etn harris williams you want to do that if you're not in position then look at someone like a jamar jefferson look at a hubbard and hope that the last season for hubbard is not the one that is most representative we've got a lot of other good numbers on him and so again the way that we can use this it gives us good signals for our top guys we feel comfortable with them etn's backfield dominator rating is really the one red flag in his profile all of the rest of the numbers that we have from the breakaway rush score to his receiving numbers in that offense suggests that he is the superstar from this class so again when you're pulling up these articles when you're looking at the different metrics we want to make sure that we're looking at the whole picture that we're taking advantage of the chance to see it from different perspectives but not to Overrate any of those individual perspectives. Make sure we're seeing the big picture there. We like those three guys. There are some sleepers that you have a shot at. You can take you can get a little bit more information on a couple of them in the Rotoviz rookie guide. We'll have volume two and volume three out at different junctures as we go through this process. Obviously, a lot of the great stuff on the site. We have more cool stuff from Matt Spencer coming up. Dave Cabin has the new freak score. Tool almost ready for the site so you'll be able to look at these running back freak scores to go with this a lot of great information coming together on these prospects to again help you beat your draft beat your rookie draft and select players who are going to beat their draft slot from the reality draft
0: allow me a moment to tell you about our partners over at blue wire pods and they have opened up an opportunity to distribute your own podcast through blue wire hustle Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks, and on top of that, you'll get your show pushed straight to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you get all of this for just $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to jump straight into the podcasting game and have your voice heard, get ready with Blue Wire Hustle. Acceptance to the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. You can also check out more information in the description box for this episode to find out more. That is bwhustle.com. Dot com slash join. So Sean, in the second half, uh, we usually go through some uh, listener questions, and some uh, thoughts that have been sent in our way. We did use some of those on uh, the show earlier this week. We have some more to go through now. But before we get into that, um, I mentioned uh, last week about uh, Curtis Patrick and Dave Caban and um, Hosting together the the flagship show now with Curtis Patrick jumping aboard there for the the road of his radio flagship, um, those shows have been uh, fantastic to listen to over the last week or two. But something that has come out of it that I wasn't aware of, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of because you're not on Twitter, uh, but the fact that uh, especially Dave is um, recommending drinking coffee with Coca Cola. Uh, mixed in it um, for helping fight off migraines and, and giving energy for uh, working, particularly on creating uh, and developing on some of the, the Rotoviz apps. My question to you, Sean, to start this off is Did you know drinking Coca Cola with coffee was a thing? And have you ever tried it? Because I didn't know it was a thing and I've yet to try it, but it's on my to do list for, for this week to see, <laughs> to see what it's all about.
1: No, that is not something that I have tried there. I'm not necessarily a coffee person very much a soda person so i i fight off the migraines just with uh, very copious quantities of the the soda there and i'm glad that it's helping dave with the migraines dave is someone who it doesn't really matter what time you get in contact with him you know i'll talk with him late at night and be like well you know i know i need to uh let you go so you can get a, a good night's sleep here and he's like no no after the after the call you know i'm, I'm gonna build <laughs> an app for the site and so uh dave it absolutely fantastic make sure uh you're following his show following him on twitter checking out his articles he's got stuff in the draft guide he's got stuff on the site and uh, dave is one of the friendliest best people that i know i'm glad that that works for him uh if, if you have a drink that you like it, it really does make the work work process a little bit smoother and easier you
0: you mentioned you're not a a big coffee guy i'm i'm coffee all the time Uh, i'm big (laughs) i love coffee i just haven't tried it with the cola yet but cola sean uh if if you drink cola i'm I'm a pepsi guy. pepsi max is is my choice um are you are you a coca-cola guy are you a pepsi guy or what's the go-to cola or soda
1: I, I like both of them and I'll take the work to or did before the pandemic. And I'm hoping to, again, to, you know, a sandwich shop, have a little bit of lunch, you know, read through the work people are doing, read through some of the stuff on the site, uh, then stay there, work a little bit, uh, get my own article put together. You're trying to not drink too much because you know that you're killing yourself <laughs> with it. But yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily matter too much. The Diet Coke, the Diet uh, Pepsi, both very good, especially if you throw in a splash of the cherry Coke or the cherry Pepsi, uh, to give you a little bit of flavor, hopefully not, you know, put on, uh, you know, more than 10 pounds a month. We try to limit it to to something like that. Yeah. So I I enjoy a wide variety of the things there and, and, you know, try and do a, a pretty good rotation around Tucson here so that no one is having to deal with me more than, uh, once a week or so. Colin, getting into these questions here, we have one from Tim. He's uh, saying, just recently started listening to the podcast, subscribed to the site, and is looking at win rate, which is something that we talk about a lot in terms of best ball and the best ball tools. He's asking for the definition of that and where to find it on the site. I think that's a good question because it's easy to kind of get caught up in something uh, that we've been working with for a while and think that it's self-explanatory when it's really not, right? There's a lot of different ways you could look at win rate in different contexts, the context that we're discussing it here and usually on the show is in terms of, of winning your best ball league, right? So you go into the league, you're one out of 12 teams, the average win rate would be 8.3%. And what we're trying to do is to build from that 8.3% up into a range where we'd be able to make a profit on playing the different games. And so when we're looking to build into that 10% win rate by doing very simple things on the onesie positions say you're playing in the ffpc format and you can play in the classic format that has both defense and kicker well we have articles up on the site best ball workshop lessons talking about how with just those positions you can boost your win rate up above 10 percent so now instead of one in 12 we're at one in 10 then we move to maybe the the more exciting positions and we see qb tight end again things we can do to, to push our win rate up into the 12 percent range and then we get down to this, you know, wide receiver versus running back. Where do you need to take them? If you take a running back early, what does that mean for what you do a little bit later? How many wide receivers do we really need to get in those first ten rounds to feel the advantage? Because there are obviously different things that you can do. It's not just about okay, well, are you your running back or are you starting running back, running back. It matters all the way through how we start to build these teams and we know based on decisions we make early we might want to make slightly different decisions later than we would in a different type of league we can go through the roster construction explorers that have both ffpc and some other formats to see how we need to attack that specific that specific format and win rate gives us sort of an anchor for understanding just how much we're building based on these different choices now If you do everything right, then you're starting to get into a sample that we're a little bit more skeptical of because the fact of the matter is very few best ball owners are actually doing everything right. And when we start to get our win rates up into the 15, 16, 17% range, we do have a little bit of a question of, okay, how consistent can we be with that? And so then we go through, we look at the different seasons. Something that worked in 2015, did it work in 2016, 2017, 2018? Something that worked in 2017, has it continued to work? How consistent are the win rates for the strategies that we're recommending? And when we find the ones that are working every single season and are working despite the fact that, okay, a tight end going early, we know there's a big advantage from that. But what if it's Rob Gronkowski and he gets hurt? And so we go through these different questions. We go through the different scenarios and try and make sure we're understanding what's happening year to year. But you can use those roster construction explorers to get your win rate way, way, way above the average. And we're talking about win rate. That's the context in which we're looking at it.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, one of those questions, and you mentioned there, sometimes we can get... Kinda, of we're talking about it so often that you just keep talking about it. But when the question came in on Twitter, I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, we haven't really given a definition for it." So um, I thought it was a good, a good one to slide in, um, and it is something I always try and you know keep an open mind for somebody who's maybe first time listening to the show or has been listening, uh, you know, for quite some time, but maybe. Hasn't uh you know subscribed to the site and so on, and hasn't seen those things. So it's always interesting to to try and think of what we're we're not explaining. So thanks uh for that question coming in from Tim. It's always good to to challenge us on those things that possibly we are are not uh, describing fully. Next question comes in from Jono, and it's a it's a longer question, but I'm going to summarize it here for you, Sean, in, in terms of uh, an upcoming draft. He has it's twelve team league, two quarterbacks, um, and then there is some other you know points per carry ppr and uh, premium for tight ends uh, we'll just call it tight end premium for simplification but he has 14 that is one four picks uh, in the first two rounds like he's trying to challenge your 13 picks sean in the the opening round of the recent startup but in terms of the the draft picks that he has it's a pretty hefty selection but what i'm going to simplify it is, is it's a team i like i'm sure a lot of the players on it you're going to like as well but my way to look at this for him, if I was trying to summarize it, would be package the picks up to uh, to move up and more from those second round picks into the first round. Uh, kind of try and maneuver yourself up a little bit higher or would you be sticking with the picks that he's got? My, my goal here would be to, to try and consolidate and move higher up the draft board, but would you be sticking? I think it's going to be hard to, to roster all those guys if you do end up with them come uh, come the end of the draft
1: yeah i mean this is this is fascinating right this is one of the coolest things i've seen because there are so many picks it depends a lot on how deep your rosters are if you can put them all on there then then i would do that so we got picked the 102 103 105 108 109 110 112 201 202 203 206 207 209 yeah so in terms of packaging there's not much of the question of how would you package them because he's got almost all of them (laughs) right um I think in this format, and it looks like a format that's fairly running back heavy with the point per carry element. I mean, it's not a full point per carry, obviously, but when you have some point per carry, you have a half PPR, then you do want to make sure that you have those running back studs and you're kind of cycling through them, you know, trying to trade them too early as opposed to too late. You know, that can be difficult to do in a format like this where they're so valuable, but then, you know, you get back more rookie picks. You can get the next ETN, the next Harris, the next Williams. With this here, I'm guessing that, you know, Trevor Lawrence goes off at the 101 and you don't get him. But then from that point on, you can land those running backs that we've been talking about. You can take a couple of more QBs so you have that young uh trade value at that position and then as you go through that second round it's going to be very heavy on a lot of those wide receivers that we love. So I think in this draft you're just really positioned to take all of the cool guys. You know that is what I would do here, build this team out, you know, let that develop and the the thing is almost more not so much even what to do with these picks which it's going to be a really fun rookie draft for you. But then to just make sure you keep turning your team over, you know, this is a, the perfect situation to turn it into that per- perpetual championship window uh, scenario just by continuing to trade. Make sure you get more rookie picks in the future
0: yeah and i think uh you know you mentioned some of the leagues that you're in with uh, ryan mcdowell setting up but he talks about uh, the kind of perpetual struggle in terms of uh, getting those rookie picks i think we've seen the evidence of it here mixed in with some of the the road of his theory with uh, the the players that he has but the other option i guess is you know packaging those to try and get uh, maybe some veterans in that in but when you have such an exciting class coming in can be very difficult to do that so i'm looking forward uh johnny you can fill us in on what you do decide to do and what moves you do decide to make um so it's going to be interesting sean and we have one suggestion in for a show this week comes in from eric Talking about the sound of metal on Amazon Prime, uh, he did mention that it, uh, it hasn't been that emotionally affected by a movie in a while. So it's not one that I've seen, and I'm I'm enjoying trying to cycle through. I'm almost like I'm I'm backlogged and trying to get through some of the the listener suggestions. Uh, it's not one that I have seen. Um, have you seen it? And if if not, have you a suggestion um, for for this week?
1: I haven't seen that, but I've seen some great buzz about it. So I definitely believe that. We'll have to check that out. A lot of people really loving that movie. I think one of the ones that uh, is perhaps most interesting in a while from Amazon Prime I sort of teased a show on Tuesday, and so we'll get that right now. This is one where I was able to watch seasons one and two on Hulu, but now I have to figure out how to get uh, Amazon Prime UK to watch season three. The show is Mary Kills People, and uh, it stars the star of a show that I've always loved from a decade or so ago now called Wonder Falls. But the concept here is that you have a doctor who helps patients who are terminally ill suffering helps them commit suicide and yet obviously that's illegal in big chunks of the united states she gets into a lot of legal trouble with this uh you know has undercover police officers after her uh, has some organized crime elements that creep up because it's not easy to get the drugs that she needs in order to help people, you know, with these assisted suicides. And so it's a a fun show because there's a lot of plot to it and there's a lot of character to it. The leads are fantastic. And yet there's also beyond the sort of fun, dynamic plot-based elements, there is depth to it in terms of dealing with what is a, a tricky issue in society, which is, you know, how do we deal with the end of lives? How do we get to that point with dignity? How do we allow people to make their own decisions and have their own personal autonomy? And yet the tension and the conflict with laws that might be in place and people wanting to, to follow those or to resist, what have you. And that element of it makes the show surprisingly touching within the backdrop of having all of these more adventure related elements as well. There are some times when it, it has a few false notes and, and doesn't work perfectly. You get that with most shows, but there are a lot of times that the show is very affecting. And now, you know, we have season two cliffhanger, you know, may have to, you know, move to the UK for, for a year so that we can uh, catch up <laughs> on it. One of the things that's been a little bit frustrating, if you are a, an American, Hulu subscriber who watches a variety of foreign shows on Hulu, you get to the end of your season, you're trying to find out if the show has a second season, has a third season, or if it's just been canceled. You find out that there is more to it, and then you find out that somehow between the two of them, Amazon Prime is sitting on some of these shows uh, that are European shows, and, and there's no way actually to watch them in the United States. So, uh, working through that at the moment, but Mary Kills People is the recommendation for today.
0: Yeah, I'll have to try and watch the first two seasons and then see if I can skip ahead and get season three in before <laughs> before you can, Sean. But um, keep keep the listeners, uh, keep sending in your recommendations, your questions. We'll keep trying to add them in. We usually do it in the second half of Thursday's show. Uh, we've gotten a lot in recently, so we've been sprinkling them in throughout uh, both both weeks as well. So um, as always, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a wrote of NFL pass. Uh, all you have to do is add the code, rv radio 2021 at checkout or go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for further information perfect time to join the site now as we get ready for the draft so much content going up get access to all the tools get yourself set up for the 2021 nfl season as always uh, drop us a written review on your favorite podcast app i mentioned on tuesday we're closing in on episode 200 we will be doing a contest for that it will be revolving around those uh, five star reviews on itunes stitcher tune in all the different ways you can leave those reviews so if you want to get in the entries will be counted from this past tuesday when the first show of the week came out all the way through to episode 200 so don't miss out get involved and uh, thank you very much in advance for dropping us that five-star review my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over my co-host is sean siegel you can read all sean's work up on rotoviz.com that's going to do it for this edition of rotoviz overtime on rotoviz radio until we're back with another edition of the podcast next week have a good one